Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother and co-host, Matthew, insert name here, Henry. Oh, snap. (laughs) Yeah, whatever. Let's just go with it. Let's go with it. We're doing this one raw. We're doing this one raw. I'm not editing a darn thing tonight. That's right. That's right. All of my mistakes... Yeah, folks, All of my burps. You are about to get an earful of what Ben really sounds like. All of my heavy, heavy nose breathing. It's just going to be there, folks. We're doing it raw. We're doing it raw. How you doing, Matthew? I'm a little nervous now that you've uh, just thrown that out there, that we're doing it raw. Because before we went on the air, I was complaining about how when I'm editing the uh, podcast that, that Ben has this habit of just doing whatever the heck he wants while I'm talking, which includes like mixing his drinks and like just I can hear all sorts of things going on in the background that I have to, you know, clear out when I'm when I'm editing the podcast. And it, it takes time. And I was complaining about it. And he was like, well, this time we should just do it raw. And I said, yeah, all right. I'm not editing a darn thing. And now we've said it out loud. And and unless I edit it uh, to otherwise, we are going to just go with it tonight, tonight I guess. <clears throat> what? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm doing some of that stuff because I'm just a just a disgusting mouth breather who's just loud and and inconsiderate. That's most of the time. But sometimes I do these things, Matthew, because I feel like they add color. Also, I'm drunk. <laughs> yes. I mean, not right now. I'm not drunk right now. But like, you know, halfway through the show, I am going to be drunk. Yep. Judgment is impaired. You are uh, looking for that second drink and you can't wait until you know any other time. So I get it. I get it. Yeah, yeah. And you're going on and on about WKRP plus runs scored per, <laughs> per, per second. Yeah, somebody out there cares about that, Ben. Okay. <laughs> right, right, right. That's like your go-to stat and I still don't understand it. <laughs> Like, I think I understand wins above replacement better than that stat. And wins above repla- replacement is ridiculous. Well, especially since there's no, like, common agreement on what it actually is. That's true. you got to say the fan graphs version or the baseball reference version. Or, you know, nobody says Bill James's version. Yeah, no. You know, and most people are like, who's, who's that? One who's of them Bill uses, James? like, catcher's framing in it. And, uh, you know, I'm, so there's just, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's a, I mean, One it's, of them uses my mouth breathing in it. it prob- probably, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I got a question for you. Of course. What off-season sport is most likely to put you asleep the quickest when it's on the TV on a Saturday afternoon? Hockey or basketball? That's that's a good question. I am 100% not a hockey fan. I... I know enough to be dangerous. Uh, when I went to school in New York City, I dated 
a, a woman from New York at the time, and she introduced me to her father, who was a huge Rangers fan. And there it is. And he taught me hockey. Like we sat down, and he, you know, blue lines and red lines, and you know, and all that. I so I have a general understanding. My very first hockey game actually was a New Jersey Devil Stanley Cup Finals game. Uh, <laughs> So wow. I, yeah, I've I've been to a few games. I understand, it, but not a huge fan. Now basketball, I I do understand the sport and enjoy it when the Warriors do well, which of course lately has been often. And so I will turn on a Warriors game and and watch that occasionally. But I think the novelty of hockey and the violence and just kind of what happens in that would probably keep me more awake than just the up and down flow of a basketball game. I think I would be falling asleep uh, to the basketball before I would hockey. I think that makes that makes that that makes sense. I'm not editing on um, that. So, yeah. Okay, good. I was really wondering when you were going to get to the hockey in that whole long story about your girlfriend and her dad and New York and like, you know, dinosaurs. Hey, the Giants aren't yeah. playing, all right? We got to we got to fill. <laughs> I was like, hockey's going to come up in here somewhere. I know it. I, I got a plan. Well, I got a plan. Yeah, you know, I I went to my first hockey game uh in the Sharks inaugural season as a teenager. Yeah, you were pulling out the teal. Of, yeah, you were. Yeah, you were into it. A friend of mine. A friend of mine. It was at the Cow Palace. A, a friend of mine had uh, season tickets. A friend, her dad had freeze season tickets, and and we went. Uh, and uh, so, so I and I have been to many Sharks games since then. I have only ever been to one basketball game. But I think Steph scored like forty plus points in that game. So an average game. So that was that was pretty cool. Yeah, so an average game. Yeah, it was just a, now, right? <laughs> now is an average Steph game. Um, but I will say this: the, the the sport that I'm most likely to fall asleep in front of is hockey because I almost never watch basketball. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so, so there's a reason the you're watching that, it. If, yeah, you're. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but you know, it, it pales in comparison to baseball, right? Like all of these sports are just sort of like, well, let's, let's be honest. If I'm falling asleep in the afternoon, it's to a giants game that's on. And all of a sudden I go to, I lay down and watch the game. And next thing I know, it's like the eighth inning. So uh, that does happen occasionally. That happens to all of us. That happens to all of us. That's why they play 162 games, folks, (laughs) because they know we're going to fall asleep through a few of them. But I think we're going to be falling asleep through through less of them next year with all the new rules that are coming. Yeah, well, only two and a half hour games, you know, I think it'll less less time to nap. That's right. That's right. Well, anyway, folks, today is Wednesday, October 19th, as we record this podcast. The Giants went zero and zero again uh, this past week uh, because they're still not in the playoffs. <laughs> um, and uh, maybe next week, folks, maybe next week. Maybe, maybe. You never know, right? Like, I, I will say this. Um, they still suck at defense because they haven't they haven't gotten anybody new. They haven't improved the team at all. No. Nope. Mainly because the baseball season is still going on, and so they can't. But, um, but you know, that doesn't make me happy. I'm not satisfied. You know, I'm still pissed. Fire Zaidi. Fire him. Fire Zaidi. Like, what? what's taking so long? It's time to fix the team. No, actually, fire sign... Pete Putilla. Come on. Yeah, that's it, Pete. What have you done for us lately? Not a damn thing. Nothing. He hasn't done anything. That's right. He's probably still watching the Astros play baseball in Houston. Actually, no, he's in San Francisco. Oh, is he? Yeah. Good. Good man, Pete. Good man, Pete. Getting new photographs taken, I hope. (laughs) Hopefully. 
<laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I did see a screenshot of him on the MLB.com, on the MLB app. That was a Zoom screenshot, which is, I think, now the best photo that's ever been taken of the man. Well, at, so on that note, too, it's funny how we just catch on to these things because Zaidi was also on that Zoom conference call, and Zaidi's background was blurred. But Pete, mm. Pete, no, Pete didn't blur his background, so we got to see this like empty hallway, cavernous, like I don't know. It was some, it was an interesting look in the background, and I was, which I guess is better than a white wall, but you know, still, it was, yeah, you, know, you could have blurred the background, Pete. Wow. Wow, Matthew, holding them to high standards. You know, somebody's right. got it. Okay, somebody's, somebody's got to hold details. our our leadership to high standards. I don't think Pete, and this is actually probably a good thing. I don't think Pete's that kind of guy, Matthew. I don't think Pete's the kind of guy who sits there thinking about what a Zoom background looks like, because that has nothing to do with baseball, and that has nothing to do with making the team better, right? He's probably that's probably why he doesn't have any good photographs of himself. Right? Fair, and I, I hope that's just... the reason. I hope he eats, sleeps, and drinks baseball, and and all all other things are 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 just second best. Right, including and especially player development, because as Maria Gordado pointed out, I think it was what today, yesterday, the Giants' ranking among uh, organizations for their minor leagues dropped from 11th to 18th this year. So, um, mm-hmm. so that's totally the wrong direction. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, but anyway. Uh, unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately, you know, unfortunately, the Dodgers had a storybook season. They won 111 games. They're one of the greatest teams of all time. Yada, yada, yada. I know we're all tired of hearing about it, but good news, folks. I mean, I'm sure you all already know, but our little annoying brother, the sniveling whelp that never seems to put it together, vanquished the evil older brother, and the the Dodgers, 111 wins and all, are dead. Technically, they only had one more win in the postseason than the Giants. <laughs> That's true. That's true. And and in fact, when you compare, like, well, so you know what? Dodger fans now know what it's like to finish with the best record in baseball and then lose to an inferior team. That's what we experienced last year. Yep. Right. You know, it was very brutal. But at least the Giants won two playoff games, whereas the Dodgers only won one this year and they lost three to the Padres, which never sounds good. No. And and the Padres, we've always said the Padres were going to Padre. But this year, actually, the Dodgers dodgered. Yeah, it was classic. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Right. That's what they've been doing for 10 years, except for the, you know, the 2020 season, which. Nobody is ever going to give them full credit for. No. They were the unlucky bastards to win the World Series that year. <laughs> like, because whoever won it was never going to get full credit, and it was them. Uh, but anyway, uh, we're going to talk more about that in depth. Don't worry. We're definitely going to dive into the fraud and shoid and make fun of Dodger, the Dodgers and Dodger fans. But first, first, Bob, you got to ask Matthew the question. What are you drinking, Matthew? Bob, fall is here. And when the fall hits, you, you kind of there's this transition from summer to fall that we all we all know, right? It's you know the the, the air starts getting a little nippier, the leaves start turning, you know, uh, orangish colors and 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 there's just this change in the air and 
And I think similarly, there's a change in the preference of cocktails. And there are certain cocktails you want during the summer when it's hot and you want refreshing and you want, you know, bright and ice cold and all of that. And then when the fall hits, uh, you you can you can branch out into you know fruity you know apples and you know bourbons and rums and and just you know warmth and and comfort and so that's what I did this week and I picked a cocktail called the Applejack Rabbit and the Applejack Rabbit has two ounces of apple brandy three quarter ounces of lemon juice and three quarter ounces of orange juice. And then half an ounce, and the recipe calls for grade B maple syrup. I don't have grade B maple syrup in my fridge. I have grade A. I mean, that's what everybody has, right? You don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. So I use grade A maple syrup, and you put all that into a cocktail shaker with ice, and you shake it till it's well chilled, and then you double strain it into a coupe glass and garnish it with a lemon twist. And it's a very nice It just feels like fall. You know, you've got that apple and the maple kind of coming through. Interestingly enough, you don't really taste the orange juice like in a pronounced way. I mean, it's there, but it's not like you're like, oh, orange juice. Uh, So the orange juice does a nice job of kind of blending in, I think, with the apple brandy and the the maple syrup. And I, I actually just, I hadn't even tried it before we made it tonight because I'd been struggling to find kind of the right cocktail for tonight. And when I tried it, I thought, you know, this is going to work. This is what I was looking for as far as fall. And uh, so I would recommend the Applejack Rabbit if you are, uh, like me, ready to switch into fall season. And and I will say, as I'm searching for the fall season, of course, it's like 90 degrees today. And like, so I probably could have gone with a whiskey sour or something and been, you know, or a daiquiri and it would have been great. But uh, But no, I decided to stick with my plan and look for fall, because fall will be here eventually. Well, it's a California autumn, right? Yes, in the, year of, in the, in the era be- of climate change, yes. Correct. It oscillates between uh, 65 and, and 95 degrees day, you know, day in and day out. Well, that's a tasty cocktail. Um, and, and on that note, I have this to say. A touch of cold in the autumn night, I walked abroad and saw the ruddy moon lean over a hedge like a red-faced farmer. I did not stop to speak, but nodded, and round about were the wistful stars with white faces like town children. Autumn by T.E. Hulme? Hulme. I don't know. (laughs) There you go. That's that's what I, that's you know when you started your whole thing about you know your your fall cocktail. I was like, oh man, this this sounds like a poem. He's gonna recite a poem, and then and then it didn't happen. It didn't happen. So you had to scratch that itch, huh? I did. I had to scratch that. And you itch. just had I old had to T.J. Whom or whatever his name is. Uh, just well, I have a thousand poems memorized, Matthew. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you know that. I was just I was an English literature major once. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but I uh, the only I, poem I, I know is "Here I Sit, Broken Hearted." <laughs> came to but only farted that's okay you know what we're doing this raw and you just swore you know what that means we have to mark this as adult oh you just ruined it oh my god i was at a concert the other night and i swear to god i saw tim cook there it was a jazz concert 
at a tiny little club in Santa Cruz. Tim Cook was hanging out in Santa Cruz at the Kumbwa? Yeah, or his do- or his topple- doppelganger was. It, it, you know, I don't know. You should have asked him why his- he why why the new release of the iPads was was a flop. I mean, I. I got to tell you, my son, I heard about an hour last night of my son complaining about the new release of all the iPads and how ridiculous it was and how the chips and the Apple pencils and they don't talk. I, I don't even know. But okay. but my son well, was upset and Tim Cook should hear about it. Well, we'll do it. We'll do an Apple podcast right after this one. But remember, we're doing this raw. We cannot go down these tangents. Oh, right. OK. 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 I'm sorry. Also, you, you can't swear anymore. I... I forgot. In my mind, I thought that I would edit that out, but you're right. I, uh, sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm supposed to be the problematic one. That's what you told everybody at the top of the show. Ben's the problem. And now you're being a problem. Okay. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, Bob, ask me the question. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Uh, I am drinking actually a cocktail that is wonderful in any season. And we all know that I have 69 nice favorite cocktails. But this is one of my favorite cocktails to make. And and I, I like making it because it's really easy. So it's one of my favorites, but it's also really easy to make, but it's also very sophisticated. It is the Fitzgerald. Straight out of the 12-bottle bar book. I, I, I don't know that I've ever seen any other reference to this cocktail with this name anywhere else. So I guess they invented it in that book. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't. But anyway, it's basically a gin sour. So it has two ounces of gin, one ounce of uh, lemon juice, and then one ounce, plus or minus a quarter ounce, however you like it, of simple syrup. And uh, and then you finish it off with a couple of dashes of Angostura bitters or aromatic bitters of your choice. But of course, Angostura is the best. And uh, it comes out as this really beautiful orangish, uh, pinkish um, uh, color, depending on the lemons that you use and uh, and how many bitters you put in it. Uh, and it creates a very um, well. It's a refreshing, vibrant cocktail. Uh, you, um, by the way, you shake it, serve it up in a coupe, cocktail glass, um, and uh, you can put a twist on it if you want. I usually do not because I'm lazy. And it comes off, like I said, as a very vibrant cocktail. It's very good for the summer. It's very cold and refreshing. But because of that bitters, I think it does really well in the autumn and, uh, and is, a, is, is a go-to for me when I'm feeling melancholy. Like I am now, because the Giants are still not in the playoffs. And the Padres are. Well, maybe... maybe. What kind of world are we living in, Matthew? It's chaos. I tell you, it's chaos. But maybe the the Dodger fans out there would, would appreciate a good Fitzgerald to, while they're feeling melancholy. Or 20. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Dodger fans are big mad, Matthew. Fire Dave Roberts. Yeah. Get rid of him. Run him out of town. That man, all he does is win regular season games. I hate that guy. (sighs) Cannot win in the playoffs. Does not know Paul LaDuca. First of all, yeah. Wow. Giants fans, right? Am I right? Paul LaDuca. Wow. Former catcher? Former catcher for the Dodgers, yeah, right? right? Yeah, that, that name just kind of came out of nowhere. He's like, uh, he was like an echo of Mike Piazza, you know? He was like, like Piazza Light, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, both kind of, I think, you know, not highly rated prospects. You know, one of them's a Hall of Famer. One of them, I think, had an all-star year. Yeah, he had a couple of good years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we all forgot about him, right? Yes. Right? Boom. I totally forgot about him. And then, boom, Twitter puts him right in front of my face. And he's all like, Dave Roberts has got to go. Can't manage a pitching staff. And I was like, ooh, look at them turning on each other. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, and then I saw, yeah, I saw other fans out there. Like, every fan to a man, woman, and child wants Dave Roberts' head. And, um, and uh, you know, I, I, I agree, Matthew. I absolutely think the Dodgers should fire Dave Roberts. Because I think any manager that leads his team to 106 wins and 111 wins in back-to-back seasons is a problem for the Giants. Yes. You know, and who knows? I don't know how this Kapler thing's going to work out in the next few years, but maybe Dave Roberts will be bouncing around looking for a job. You know, I don't know. Just like, you know, it's nice to have a list of, 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 of you know, people there just in the background waiting. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I, I think... What I saw from the Dodger fans on Twitter um, was the most angry that I have seen a fan base be about losing since since Gabe Morales called that a check swing. <laughs> I haven't forgotten, Gabe. No, we're never forgetting. Um. And uh, but it was really interesting to me, though, because it really does see that the, 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 the consensus seems to be that that somehow there is something that Dave Roberts could have been doing differently that would have led these teams to the World Series. For example, some fans were saying that he doesn't know how to get his team fired up. Right. Like. Like, there is some sort of thing that he wasn't doing that would have made mm. Trey Turner... And Freddie Freeman. Mo- and Freddie Freeman. Turner, Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts. Justin Turner yeah. was going to make they were They didn't have any better. motivation. They needed somebody to fire them up. <laughs> yeah, those rookies. Uh, they, needed, they needed somebody, you know, that's what you get when you have these unknown guys that just have never had much success. You know, you need someone to fire them up. That's right. You need a you need a you know, you need a manager that knows how to to push all the right buttons, right? Like doesn't know how to push the right buttons. That was also something I saw, which is just like what does that even mean? Well, obviously those fans mean? who say that feel like there's some like that the the players are robots and you just program them to, you know, and Roberts doesn't know how to program very well. Well, that's true. If you do push the buttons the right way when you're playing uh, MLB the show, yeah, you get extra on, power on the, and, yeah. on the PlayStation. You do win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that is true. That is true. Uh, that's not how it works, folks. <laughs> um, you know, this stuff is hard. And um, Dodger fans, all of you that listen to our show, um, the reason why you guys lost is because the baseball gods hate you. That's why you lost. Well, that and the fact um, that you're not playing the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, you're playing you know some of the best teams in baseball. <laughs> or the 2022 San Francisco Giants. <laughs> That's true. Okay. Yeah. Fair. If Fair. it had been yes. the 2022 San Francisco Giants, you would have cakewalked. If that was the what you had to do to win the World Series, you would have done it. I I agree. Yes. But no, uh, you weren't. You're playing. You're playing the 2022 San Diego Padres, which was enough to to make a difference. That's right. That's right. 
Um, and uh, yeah, I you know I I, I think um, I think the lesson here is for all of us is to remember what a fickle fickle sport this is, and how hard it is to win in the postseason. I, I think the Dodgers have absolutely created a team that they should expect to make the playoffs every year. And that is definitely doable. But you know what? Like when when you're actually put into a tournament against the other best teams in baseball and you're playing five games, which we all know is not enough. One game is not enough. Three games is not enough. Five games is not enough. Seven games is probably not enough. But when you're doing five and three and one game, well, I don't do one games anymore, but when that's what you're doing, the fact of the matter is, is like, you know, the roll of the dice is going to take you down as much as, you know, Dave Roberts being an idiot. Well, yeah. And as we've and, seen, uh, you know, two good pitching performances uh, can wipe out an entire season. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, not that I want to give Dodger fans any advice or anything like that, but I, I think the main thing that you need to do is you need to be sad. You need to be, you need to be sad and you need to suffer. I want you to suffer. I, I want you to understand that there's nothing that could have been done to stop this from happening to you. It was kind of inevitable. Inevitable. Oh, it was. We all felt it. I, you, know, you were living in yeah, denial, I mean, Dodger fans. If you, you know, but the rest of us knew that this was going to happen. How often does the team with the best record ever win the World Series anyway? Well, it's always the Dodgers, not so often. not very often. <laughs> right. That's true. That's true. It is always the Dodgers, and they never win. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years of dominance, and what happened? The Giants won, the Giants three, World won Series. three World Series. <laughs> uh, so, you know, don't be mad that your team lost in the playoffs. Be sad. You know what you can be mad about? You can be mad about your team not making the playoffs at all. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Right? And before we segue into something else, though, I, I do want to, like, I looked up Paul LaDuca. First of all, he's he's like my age, which I'm like I was surprised. Like I felt like he was younger. But uh, uh, and and second of all, dude had a pretty good career. <laughs> Lifetime 286 hitter with a 337 on base. Uh, he was a four-time All Star and finished uh, 19th in the MVP race in uh, one of his best seasons with the Dodgers. So yeah, yeah, he, he was a yeah. Good no, I definitely remember him being a good player. Uh, I definitely knew he was an all-star. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to say he was like a perennial all-star because, you know, I don't I don't know. Like, I just remember him being a pain in the ass. Yeah, well, especially against the Giants. Seems like, yeah. Yeah. Well, all good Dodgers were a pain in the ass to the Giants. Yes. It's kind of the nature of the game. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I thought it was interesting, though, because apparently he wants Dave Roberts to be fired. Maybe he wants Dave's job. Probably. Ooh, that would be wonderful. Yes. Yes, hire Paulo Duca as your manager. <laughs> the, the Dodgers front office is too smart for that. They're not going to do that. Yeah, I know. They are too smart for that. They're going to hire somebody who's actually good at the job. Yeah. Uh, because I do think Dave is probably going to be fired. <laughs> I just, I, I don't see how they do that, though. I don't I don't see how they fire Dave Roberts. Uh, I, I just, not after 111 wins, not after what he's done the last few years. Yeah, I just, I can't see it. I can't see it. Please? <laughs> well. What if I say please? 
And, and I guess the only way they would do it is if they listen to the Dodger fans. fans. Are big, yeah. And, and yeah, they're big men. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Fans definitely get people fired. Dodger fans, get them fired. Come on. <laughs> That's right. Raise those pitchforks. You pitch can forks. do it. Yeah. Paulo Duca. Paulo Duca. <laughs> oh, man. I, w- I mean, I would love to see the Dodgers with a worse manager. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, you know. Oh, man. Do you th- so... I'm sorry, I was going to segue on, but what were you going to say? No, go ahead. It's I was just going to ask a pointless question about Dave Roberts. Who cares about Dave Roberts? Who cares about Dave Besides Roberts? Besides Richard Aurelia, business partner. I, Richard Aurelia does. I get it. <laughs> okay. They, they grow right, wine right. together. Okay, well, okay, I can see that. But you know who? what else people don't care about? Um, Padres, Phillies, NLCS. <laughs> you know, Matthew... I think you're right, because I was really excited about rooting against the Padres on uh, whenever that was that they beat the Dodgers. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm all fired up. I think Cole Kuyper even did a did a meme where it was like it was like Grandpa Simpson. Yes. Maybe it was Homer yes. Simpson. Yes, fading into the, uh, wearing, into the yeah, Ivy and coming a, back out a, uh, a uh, Phillies fan. a Phillies hat. Yep. Yeah, yeah. He was a Padres fan, and then he came out a Phillies fan. Um, I was like, yeah, yeah, go Phillies. You know what? I didn't even know the game happened yesterday. <laughs> I, I, you know, I kept, I, just, I kept hearing I, that they were playing on Tuesday. In my mind, it was like, oh, next week. You know, like, I, uh, yeah. So I, I wasn't either. I, I was like, oh. So halfway through the game, I was like, oh, I should maybe watch this. But yeah. That's and fine. then we, well, I didn't see it until I didn't see that it happened until it was over. <laughs> and apparently, I missed one of the great all-time pitching duels in uh, playoff history. <laughs> As as one Zach Dealer Wheeler one hit the Padres and you Darvish, well Wheeler and company and Darvish and company three hit them. Unfortunately, two of those three hits were home runs. Were solo shots. Uh, I didn't see any replays of Harper's, but Schwarber's was very big. Yeah, very big. That was a big home run. I think Petco was dead silent after that happened. Dead silent. Uh, and I'll tell you what, Schwarber has been stinky the whole playoffs. Like, yeah. this is the man who was the, he was the National League home run champion this year. Did you know that? Yeah, he was, what, 20 home runs behind Aaron Judge? But yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So he was, I think he had 46, which is a lot. That's good. 46 is great. Uh, but then had been very quiet during the playoffs until, until last night. Unfortunately, unfortunately, those Padres rallied today from four down to win eight to five and now they've tied that series up and um but uh rally goose rally goose that's the rally goose the ghost (laughs) of the rally goose i don't ghost i don't know that 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 goose survived right do we know do we know what happened Peta put out an investigation uh they they put okay they they put on twitter that they were going to find out what happened to that uh, goose and uh since they haven't come out and condemned anyone i'm assuming that they probably the goose probably just got let go after they took it out (laughs) yeah they probably went outside and let i don't think anyone was like hey want to barbecue a goose i think they were like let's get this goose out like And I and I, you know, Peta, I used to live in San Diego. There's plenty of areas around the ballpark where they could just say, "Okay, goose, go." I mean, it's right. It's, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you know, but I guess uh, I mean, you talk about this pitcher though, Zach, the dealer Wheeler. Zach, Zach, the dealer Wheeler, and and he, put, uh, he finally put up the playoff performance that we'd always been dreaming. Always, of, yeah. I mean, we could have used him in 2011, maybe. You know, we. <laughs> you know, it took him a long time to really 
grow into himself. 11 years. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, he's had some okay seasons. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, but yeah, for those of you who don't remember, Mr. Wheeler, uh, uh, playoff hero for the Phillies now, um, was once a highly touted uh, Giants prospect. He was drafted by the Giants in 2009 in the first round. It was the sixth pick overall. And two years later, the Giants traded him. He was like their number one chip. They traded him for uh, a rental of Carlos Beltran. And uh, in hopes that Carlos would lead them um, on a late season in October push, as he often did in his career. That's right. And at least twice, yeah. twice he did that. And, you know, they were trying to defend their, their first World Series title and thought they'd go yeah. all in and... They didn't realize they could only win in even years at that point. It was yeah. brand new, right? They didn't know. They didn't know. Can't blame them. No. And so they traded Wheeler for, for Beltran. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, it, it, at the time, it was one of those trades that was a little bit controversial, you know, because it was like they were giving up the future for, for today. But I think, you know, I think most people agreed it was the right trade to make, right? Because this was... You know, at that time, the Giants were defending champions, right? And if they could have won it in 2010, why not in 2011? And then they obviously did it in 2012. So it wasn't, you know, I think in retrospect, it was a trade they would have made every time. Well, and it wasn't it like it was out. it was a flop. I mean, Beltron in 44 games hit seven home runs, batted 323 with a 369 on base and a, and right. a 920 OPS and an OPS plus of 159. So he he did his part. <laughs> He delivered. He delivered. It just wasn't enough. It just wasn't enough. Nope. The rest of the Giants didn't do enough. Uh, and Wheeler honestly didn't turn into anything special for, for quite a while. Uh, you know, I, I think he is probably in the last few seasons been the best he's ever been. Um, and that's after he became a free agent. So, you know, after, you know, long after he left the Mets. So, uh, but it was interesting, just interesting to see a name like that pop up from the past and, and show up in a, you know, show up in a, in a, in a dominating performance like that. Um, you know, almost a compelling reason enough to, to watch the games, not compelling enough for me, obviously, <laughs> but you know, for some people, you know, Hey, Hey, he's going to start again, right? There's going to be a lot of hype around that game, especially if he goes against Darvish again, especially if, if the a world series berth is on the line. So, so, you know, maybe we should tune into that. Probably won't. <laughs> but but I'll watch parts of it in highlights. Okay. All right. Well, as will most people. I think, you know, I think people are, are interested in passing about what happens to that and, and which team the Yankees uh, or the Astros will play. Yeah. I mean... I mean, here's the thing, though, Matthew. Do you care enough to really, really want the Phillies to win? Oh, no. I'm very indifferent. I... I, yeah. uh, I, I, in fact, I don't really care about any of the teams that are still left in it, and I'm sure there are some New Yorkers that would, you know, in the networks are loving that the Yankees are still in it and all that. But I, I could care less, and so yeah, no, I don't, I don't, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't want the Yankees to win because I feel like if the Yankees win, that'll make Aaron Judge that much harder to sign away from them. But so I definitely don't want the Yankees to win. Here, here's a little bit of like, you know, so I used to live in San Diego and I, I know a little bit about the San Diego lore. So the only time they've been to the World Series, it was against the Yankees and they got swept. That's right. That's right. And so we could have Bruce, a, yeah. Bruce Bochy was their manager. Yes. Yes. And so. And Ken Caminiti was their star. Is that right? He was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I think I can't remember all the players because I was, you know, I wasn't following them very closely, but, you know, I, I don't. 
Yeah, I wasn't following very. I mean, yeah, Tony Gwynn was too. Well, you know, I mean, Tony Gwynn was probably uh, the star, but uh, you know. Wow, what a what a sad legacy there. Okay, anyway, carry on. So I just I think that would be a little bit interesting to have a Yankees Padres part two and to see the the Padres get swept by the Yankees again would be uh, pretty damn funny. So I you know I'm kind of maybe rooting for that scenario. That's true because I was just thinking that like it, like at this point the Padres are going to Padre is dead right like I oh mean, there's time then there's time. <laughs> Well, I was thinking that's the only way they could redeem it, right? Is getting swept by the Yankees in the World Series, right? Because yes. that's embarrassing. Yes. That's embarrassing. Getting swept by the Yankees in the World Series again is embarrassing. I And I think that would be worse than them losing like this game in six games or whatever, you know, like this <laughs> series, right? It would be, it would be the only way to redeem the Padres are going to Padre is for them to get swept in the World Series. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And interesting. You know, what's also interesting is that, you know, we expected the Padres to Padre. And then there was a story that came out last week about how uh, Bob Melvin uh, ripped into them after a game in Arizona in September and basically called them out and just, you know, and, and I feel like we knew when Melvin, you know, became the manager of the Padres that that was a problem because Melvin was a leader. And was going wouldn't take crap from Machado and from Tatis Jr., who's you know watching at home, unfortunately. But uh, uh, there's, I, I, and I think that's a great example of you know Bob Melvin reading the room and being like, you know, no, this is you know, and and so if the Padres don't Padre, it's because they made this one great decision to hire a legit, experienced major league manager. Why did you have to remind me of that? I mean, you're totally right. That probably is why they didn't Padre, right? If, if Tingler was still there, oh, Tingler would be like, "Oh, guys, please don't suck." Like, you know, he would have said he wouldn't have said anything. He would have gotten his staff together, and he would have been like, "What did the statistics say?" I'm impressed that you remember Tingler's name because I'd already kind of erased it from my memory. So. <laughs> I have a special. I, I remember really bad managers. <laughs> uh, I, I just really enjoy when these teams hire these guys, and I'm just like, "What are you doing? Like, you might as well hire me." <laughs> I mean, it's just redonkulous. Um, but uh, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I, I think it's very likely that Melvin pushed the right buttons. Oh oh. Fired up the team. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I think probably whatever it is he said, he said from a place of experience, right? Because he is an experienced manager who's been around for a long time and has done things, you know, um, done things that, um, you know, has accomplished great things with, with players that maybe aren't expected to succeed, right? Like, you know, Oakland. Um, and, and I think it also, that sort of management style, it does make a difference during the regular season, right? Because it plays itself out over a longer series of games and it has more of a chance to make an impact because there are more games, right? Yeah. Like it's like anything else in baseball. You need to play a large number of games for any sort of positive to, to show itself, right? Like, I mean, that's why Dusty Baker is considered to be a great manager he's a players manager you know and and that's why when teams with talent 
and uh, succeed under him because he has a way of making every player feel like they're valued and they go out there without pressure and they, you know, and then that that sort of plays itself self out over the course of 162 games. At least that's the theory. But of course, has Dusty ever run the gauntlet in the postseason? I was just going to ask you, well, how many, you know, we're saying I'm a great manager. How many World Series has he won? Zero. Yeah. Zero. Because it's a totally different thing to win in the playoffs. Yeah. And quite frankly, I mean, I think you can, like, you can manage a team through the postseason and make all the right moves and have them play, pay out, play up, pay off. And, um, you know, I, I think we saw that with Bochi all the time. But a lot of that is also luck, right? Like, you know, you also have to be lucky. And you have to both be good and lucky. And, uh, and but you have to be good. And I think that's, you know, I, I mean, guys like Tingler just were never going to be good. Uh, on the Fernando Tatis note, I will say I don't think anybody cares whether he's watching or not or where he is. No. I, and I say that from the San Diego Padres organization, not not as a not as a Giants fan. Right. I, I think this the worst thing that could happen for Tatis is if the Padres win the World Series. And uh Yep. And and I'm you know, that would be kind of a something maybe to, to root for, or at least the silver lining of a Padres victory. Right, right. <laughs> because then for Tatis, like the, the at best you're uh you don't make the team worse. Right? That's that's the best you can hope for. <laughs> right. Uh, and that's a rough place to be one year removed from being regarded as the greatest player in the game or, or, you know, very nearly the greatest player in the game. Yeah. Um, but you know, there, there are other uh, really good players who are shortstops, Ben. There are, I can think of at least four. Okay. Five, (laughs) four of them. Okay. Five could, could be giants next year. Well, one of them already is a giant. Right. That was my point. Yes. yes, that's yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, but you know, but I, but we still, but more is better. That's right. And you asked me beforehand. We were kind of chatting about the available shortstops, and I, I feel like this is a common trap that that fans get into, where they become they have favorites. You know, like of course Brandon Crawford is a fan favorite. I mean, he should be. He has been the face of our franchise and our world championships, and he has done everything and more. He's been a wonderful giant, uh, so he deserves that that recognition. Tyro Estrada, you know, was picked up for cash from the from the Yankees and has had a couple of better than expected seasons. But he's not someone that we're like, oh God, we gotta keep, right? Or we have to. He's got to be the starting second baseman next year. And and so, you know, when we have these other opportunities to bring in a strong middle infielder, particularly when we're doing away with the shift next year, uh, we should do it. We should bring in a better middle infielder. And even if it's hey, you know, Trey Turner, Carlos Correa, Xander Bogarts, Dansby Swanson. Play second base for a year, and then when Crawford leaves, we'll switch you back over to shortstop. Uh, I feel like that has to happen. You know, throw a bunch of money at one of those guys and let Tyro Estrada be probably where he's better suited as the super sub moving around the infield, giving people breaks. And, you know, and we would have a better team for that reason. And there's no reason to think that we're set in the middle infield with, with Tyro Estrada and Brandon Crawford. I uh, yes. I I I totally agree. I mean you know, I I I remember us recording a show last year 
uh, during Crawford's. Well, it was his, it's, it was his career year. Yeah. Right. I, I don't I don't know that he'll have another season like that. Um, and and how awesome it was to watch that season unfold and to see him be essentially the best player on the team. Right. When you take both sides of the field into account. Yeah. Um, but just offensively speaking, his OPS plus was 141. Um, his his baseball reference war was 6.1. Wow. <laughs> Which is just, I mean, that's a monster season. And, uh, you know, he was fourth in the all-star, uh, sorry, MVP voting. And and rightfully so. Yeah. Uh, and and to have that season happen after he'd already accomplished everything that he had accomplished, right? Two World Series rings, all of those amazing plays that he made. Um, you know, he was always somebody that you were just happy to see on the field, no matter what game it was, because you always knew that you were probably going to uh, stood a good chance of seeing something fantastic happen. And yet, and yet... We want to win, right, Matthew? And he's he's 35 years old. He's going to be 36 years old next season. And there are four of these guys out there available, the oldest of which is Trey Turner, who's going to be 30 next year. But he might be the one I want the most of these four guys. Oh, he's definitely the one that I want the most, just for consistency and the fact that he's got some really cool slides. <laughs> yeah, the, the slides are, are, are pretty cool. And, and I will say this, this season, this past season, Matthew, though, his 2022 season, that was his worst season since 2019. Oh, yeah. How bad? Yeah. Well, his OPS plus was only 121. Oh, scrub. Scrub. <laughs> Stick with Tyro Estrada. I mean, he played 160 games this year, and his OPS plus was 121. His WAR on Baseball Reference was 4.9. But in terms of so, but you're like, okay, well, he's getting old, and can he do it again? Well, folks, last in 2021, he was a 149. Um, sorry, uh, is that right? No, he was a 140. He was a 145, right? Because he was played for the Nationals and the. Hmm. And the Dodgers. I was just looking at his Dodger stats. Uh, in 2020, which was the shortened season, he was a 162. That was probably a statistical outlier. And in 2019, uh, he was a 117. Uh, he had two sort of down years in 2017 and 2018, but that was a long time ago. Um, and uh, he has just been a consistently great player. And honestly, though, he's only been an all-star twice. Hmm. Really? Well, there's a lot of competition wow. at shortstop. There, there, that's true. That's true. When Brandon Crawford's always in your way, right? <laughs> that's right. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think for consistency's sake, he he is. Um, you're right. He's he's probably the best choice. But but he also he would also make the Dodgers weaker. That's correct. That is correct. And and I I think the Dodgers probably will want to re-sign him. Um, and I think there's, you know, there's a lot of question marks about where he would want to go. But the point is, he's available. And if you get him, you simultaneously make yourself better while making uh, the Dodgers worse. Of course, I think if the Dodgers don't get Turner, they're probably going to get Correa or Bogarts. <laughs> yeah, they'll turn around and get some Right? Because the they're the Dodgers. Yeah. Right? And, and, and this is why the Giants need to spend money every year to sign these guys, because the Dodgers do it. 
right? This is why I'm so like dumbfounded that we haven't signed people already, <laughs> right? Not, I don't mean this season. I am a little dumbfounded because like, let's make it happen. Yes. I don't care about the rules, guys. Let's make it happen. Oh, they're making it happen. They're making it happen. There's there's conversations going on behind the scenes. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. But what I'm talking about is last year and the year before, right? Yeah. You know, when when we made we made overtures to certain people, but but we bowed out because the price was too high. Like, you know, like I think people say, oh, there's all kinds of reasons why people don't sign with the Giants. There's one reason why people don't sign with the Giants. They don't offer enough money. You, You don't offer enough money. That's it. That's the reason. That's the reason why people don't sign with the Giants. Maybe you have to play pay a surplus because of the travel, you know. Um, but if the Dodgers can sign him, it's certainly you know I don't. It's not about the taxes because people are going to the Dodgers, right? Yeah, yeah. It's not that, right? And uh, and I get it. I get it. People want to play play in L.A. and so the travel they'll they'll look the other way for the travel to to live in L.A. So maybe you got to pay a premium to get him. Pay the premium. But anyway. There's also, in case the Giants don't get Turner, they could go after Correa or Bogarts, who are younger. Right? Carlos Correa just played his 27 year. He'll be 28 next year. Xander Bogarts is just a year younger than Turner, but he's so he's going into his 30 year. But their OPS, you know, Xander Bogarts is, you know, not quite as high, I think, on average as Trey Turner, but just as consistent. Mm hmm. Well, his, o- Correa his OPS had... plus over the last, what, five seasons, the lowest it's been has been 128. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, again, we don't, I don't know how good these guys are defensively. But, you know, I almost don't care. Well, yeah, I don't care. I think this is one of those, <laughs> this is, you know, last year we were talking about how the Giants hoped that the offense would make up for any of their lack of defense. And these are players where clearly that's been the case. Yeah. And I think all of them are good enough. Yeah. They're adequate. Defensively. You know, Otherwise, not, they'd be playing another position. Correct. They're not liabilities. Uh, and, and, and like we said, maybe they're playing second base anyway, right? Yeah. And uh, not to say that second base isn't important, but it's not as important as shortstop. And, uh, but the point is, is that, like, I think if the Giants don't come away with one of these three guys, because, like, Swanson, I think, is a, he's a consolation prize. No offense, Dansby Swanson, but you're a consolation prize. <laughs> These are the three jewels, and the Giants got to come away with one of these guys, plus Aaron Judge. Yeah, yeah. Uh, th- and there's no reason they can't. I think, you know, from really no reason. I mean, as far as financial there, flexibility. Yeah, there is no reason. They have, they have more than enough money uh, in their budget. Uh, they've been averaging about $162 million a year before the pandemic. Uh they they've clearly stated both ownership and Zaidi saying that they can they will be willing to spend to do what it takes to get stronger. There's no reason they can't compete with anyone in baseball for these players, and and unless Judge is more worried about his his uh, legacy and wanting to be an all time Yankee, which I think is a valid reason, right? Uh, I think that that would be one of the main reasons why the Giants wouldn't sign him. But if anybody else gets Judge. There's a problem. Agreed. If anybody else gets judge, I want I want Saeedi's head. Like I do, not literally. I like him. I know he seems like a nice guy. I just, just want I, I just want him to be fired. Uh, I, I think if anybody besides the Yankees gets judge, then then yeah, then I I think it should be the end of the Zaida era because it's clear he cannot build a, a team here. 
because he he doesn't have the cojones uh, to spend the money. And the thing is, it's not your money, dude. Like, they have literally told you the bank vault is open. Yeah. You know, stop letting fear stop you from from getting a great marketable player. Um, that being said, I mean, I think, you know, I, I mean, it's very likely that Judge signs with the Yankees. And, and I, in many ways, I feel like it's it's highly improbable that he doesn't. Right. Like, why? Who wouldn't want to be an all time Yankee? Who wouldn't want to be uh, one of the all time greats and be part of that pantheon? You know, yeah, and it is a pantheon. It is. I mean, the names, I mean, the names of those retired numbers on, and the the monument out in center field is is yeah, is amazing. I mean, yeah, like if he signs with the Yankees, they're going to retire ninety nine. Yeah, right. They're going to put his plaque up there. He's going to be in the Monument Park. He, you know, he'll probably go to the Hall of Fame, but even if he doesn't, he'll be an all time Yankee, and and people will remember him alongside the names of Mantle and Ruth and Gehrig and. You know, and, and and Jeter, right? Like th- that's Rivera. Like that's where he'll be. Yeah, yeah. But, but you know what? Albert Pujols signed with the Angels, <laughs> and right? then came so back these things happen. to the Cardinals, right? So that's right. That's right. You know, and so these—it's not impossible. And he did grow up here, and that, you know, it makes a lasting impression. I mean, the kid's favorite player was Rich Aurelia, for God's sakes. Only a great Giants fan would. Pick that guy. Oh, and he's got so many great stories about... There was a story I heard that he was... Uh, one time he, he got access to the the, the, the the hallway outside the locker room at, at, at then Pac Bell. And, uh, and Jonathan Sanchez happened to walk by and stopped and gave him an autograph and, and, you know, hung out with him for a little bit. And, you know, and just, I feel like those kind of stories is like, who the heck knows who Jonathan Sanchez is? Like, I just, you know, like it's, if you're a Giants fan, you know who he is, but it's, I, uh, those are the kind of stories where just like, he's got to come to the Giants. He's got to be a part of that. Right. I mean, you, you can't tell me that the Giants couldn't get Aurelia and Sanchez and Bonds all to reach out to him. Like, I think the Giants can make a massive play here. Um, but they're also going to have to spend 40 to $45 million a year and probably for 7 to 10 years. I don't think it'll be that much. I think it'll be in the high 30s. You think it's like 38, 39? I was thinking 42. But... Maybe. Maybe. I just... I, I think because of his age and his... Yeah, I, I just I don't know if he'll get quite, you know, the age. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I yeah, I guess it really depends on on where they want to go, right? Mm-hmm. It also the timing of this also matters as well, right? Because everybody's going to be talking to everybody, right? And and mm-hmm. sure, everybody's going to be waiting for Judge to make his decision, but if he draws this out too long, then you know you might be lucky if you get Dansby Swanson. Right. And so, well, yeah. And that's why you can't yeah. just, I mean, you got to put your best fire. You got to, you got to come out. Yeah. Guns yeah. You got to, you got to, you got to out guns blazing. That's and, true. and then you with Turner it, and stuff like that, I mean, you've got to offer really strong contracts there too and be okay with, I mean, you want two guys and you know that it's going to yeah. cost you, you know, 60 to $65 million, $70 million a year, yeah. a year for those two guys. Yeah. And you just got to be okay with yeah. that. Yeah. And that, that does suck. I mean, and that is a lot of money. But as I have said many times, this is the position you put yourself in, Farhan, when you didn't sign guys in previous years. Yeah. Well, now now he's now he's behind a uh, rock. And, and now place. your yeah. back is up against the wall, and you have to do this. Like you know, it, it, this is your own fault, 
right? Like, this is your own fault. You didn't spend enough in the previous years. You didn't make offers big enough, and now you have to do this. Yeah, so and you say so you want to get stronger up the middle. We need another infielder, and we need we need judge and center. And right, and right. Um, that's the way it's got to be, and nothing else will be. Uh, right. Okay. And I think I think you then you you roll the dice on guys like Vaughn Brown and McCray and you know I mean yeah, Kyle's well, a pitcher. One of those Harrison. has got to come come through, right? I mean, there's right, uh, right. So, but I mean, I'm like come through next year. Yeah, well, yeah. Right, which is a little early, I think. It is. I and think it's, it's a little early. The, and I would say not at the beginning of the year for sure, but you know, maybe after the All-Star break, yeah. you know, those guys sure. could be Sure. Sure, they're both they're McCray and Von Brown are both starting in Richmond at Double A. I think Harrison is as well, but or maybe no, Harrison Harrison's is starting in, at Triple A. He's starting, he's at, he's starting at Triple A, right? Yeah. They've already guaranteed that he's going to be in the rotation next year. I think Casey Schmidt is also in, th- in Triple A, you know, so Okay. You know, yeah. So there's I mean, you just that... push the envelope on those guys, right? I mean, because again, you're forced to. And now this is not quite as egregious of an error or a mistake or a mis- mishap as the free agent signings. But you definitely took a massive step backwards in player development in your in your minor leagues. And and I guess you recognize that by hiring Pistol Pete. Pete Pete the player maker. That's right. Pete the pugilist. Right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Petey, as we like to call him. <laughs> Pete the Putila. Uh, I mean, I guess that's why, you know, so, you know, his his record is is uh, or sorry, his reputation is that he is a good he's good at player development, um, which Zayed has already called out in press conferences. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, they recognize it. I mean, they, they recognize that they took a step back. Right. I mean, I hope so. We recognized it. If we recognized it, they had to have recognized it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think that's that's the hope, um, you know, and, and at least if all of that happens, if they do sign a couple of big names and we do see some young players early, I think that I as a fan, I'll be happy because I'll be like, OK, at least you guys recognized all of the steps backwards you took in 2022, some of which are really just continuations of mistakes that you made in 2020, 2021, and 2022 off-seasons. Um, but at least you'll have recognized that and you're trying to make up for it. Um, you know, and I think it, at the end of the day, if you come out competing for a wild card spot next year, I'll be happy. I mean, really competing for a wild card spot. Well, it, not like you did No, I, I think... Not just compete; they need to be a wild card at least, and and they need to make the playoffs. Uh, to me, and Farhan Zaidi has already come out and said they're at that point now where they expect to make the playoffs every year. Yeah, you should be making the playoffs, and I don't yeah. care, you know, what it takes to get there. But there needs to be obviously some changes to make that happen. Right, because you're not going to make the playoffs if you don't sign free agents and you're not bringing up good players. Yeah, that's not a right? recipe for which, success. Which is exactly yeah. where you are right now, right? Like, it's funny that he says that, oh, we're supposed to be a playoff team. I'm like, in a lot of ways, you're so far away from being a playoff team. You're going the wrong direction right now. Yes. Right? You, you're, 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 you're at 81-81 on your way to, you know, to 70 wins. Like, that's what you look like right now. Right. And I, I feel like there's there's the thought is, is that 2021 was an outlier in terms of victories. Uh, but 2022 was an outlier in terms of losses and that they're really somewhere in the middle. 
and their Pythagorean record and all that would point to maybe that being the case a little bit. Certainly their defense uh, and how they played, uh, which, you know, hopefully it sounds like they're taking that seriously and are going to try to address that. I feel like they're probably better than, I don't think they're going down to 70 wins. I, I think they're better than 81. And I'm just saying, like, in, if you never sign free agents and you never bring up good quality players, how are you getting better? Yeah. Because right? your existing base is just getting older and older. Right. You have to sign free agents and you have to produce minor league players. Ben, right? they signed free agents. Uh, we got Jock Peterson, man. Come on. <laughs> I, Jock was great. But Jock is a Jock is a, a supplemental. A, yeah, he's a one trick. He's a, he's yeah. An, yeah. Well, he's an also. We also got Jock Peterson. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, wow. And he really paid off. And that's great. And he looked great alongside Aaron Judge and Trey Turner. Yes. Agreed. Not not the hey, that's the only free agent that we signed. Right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, I know we had uh, we had talked last week about maybe maybe getting into some of the coaches and digging into that. I think we'll save you that. Did all kinds of great I did. Research. I did some great research, but you just talked so much and mm-hmm. and we don't have time for it. So we will we'll push that off to next week. We uh, got some uh, some thoughts and, and done a little research on the coaching staff because it is one of the largest coaching staffs uh, in the major leagues. And I think they're doing some really great stuff. And, and the Giants should be uh, commended for kind of thinking outside the box in terms of their coaching staff and, and looking at uh, talent and, and no matter what it looks like. So I think that's, um, that's something that the Giants have, have done well. With that said, Ben, it's an hour up, and uh, I want to I wanna close this up without screwing it up too bad so I don't have to edit it. Uh, um, so with that, hey, so folks, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at Giant Cocktails uh, is where you can find us. We'll throw up our recipes on, the, uh, on Twitter and Instagram with the, uh, the, the uh, Apple Jack Rabbit and the Fitzgerald. And uh, come back next week where we'll figure out another cocktail for you. Until then, Ben, uh, it's been good chatting with you. Uh, Cheers, my friend. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Bottoms up.